this Freudian idea is that humans have this primitive, nasty, dirty, dark, impulsive, animalistic part of us, and that we repress it and that that's unhealthy. And a healthy thing to do is to create a safe space where, where there's going to be no danger of opening up that and like descending down and letting those energies come up and animate us and play in them and go wild in them. And then in my world, now this is not so much Freudian, and this I think comes from the kink community or the sex positive community, like a safe space with a partner is the perfect place to do that. And you and me are gonna be like, hey, you wanna get nasty and kinky? And we can play all kinds of crazy things and we can say whatever we want. That's safe space sort of is akin to like the therapy. So in the Freudian thing, it's like the therapy place was the safe container where the patient could quote regress. Mm -hmm. And in this kink world, the sexual relationship and the kind of sexual agreement is the safe space where we can get super nasty and kinky. Mm -hmm. um, and th and the, the idea is that that's healthy or that's even therapeutic or that's growth promoting to do that. Coming all the way from Minneapolis to Washington DC, we now bring you Enter the Freud. Warning, this is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. Listen at your own risk. The other girl was like a Latina who's dating a white guy. And she was like, so she was like, and she asked me about my boyfriend. And I was like, oh yeah, he's white. And she was like, she was like, but I don't know. Like, I can't see white dicks. <laughs> and I was like. She just can't <laughs> deal with white dicks? Yeah, she said they're too pink. And she needs like a black guy. But then she said all the black guys are not, there's no good ones here. They don't have jobs and they're like, whatever. So, she's so like, she has to choose between good black dick, but no job or lousy pink dick, but with job. Or is it lousy? She hasn't tried it according to this conversation. So I'm like, maybe I want to try it out a little bit. Then we were leaving. There was like four white guys leaving and I almost said to her, well, you want to try one? There's like four, pick one. <laughs> like, I'm sure they'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but black guys like small, interesting looking kind of the thing about Latinos is they're racially mixed and ambiguous. So, of course, they're like, ooh. And you're saying black dudes like that. Yes, they definitely like the that. mixed, ambiguous thing. Yes. I mean, that's why Latinos are perfect because it's like they're not clearly in any category that you can kind of, they could be Asian, they could be mixed, they could be white, they could be anything. And so, like, black guys are like, ooh, like, what kind of thing is this? And she, I was like, basically, Latinos are like every other race, just add Spanish on it, you know, and then some interesting food, <laughs> you know, or music. But so it was really funny. It was, it was hilarious. And it's because we were talking about, like, you and I conversations today about, like, sex and women. She goes, I feel like everything I ever was told growing up from black guys is that white girls are dirty as fuck. And they'll do all sorts of stuff. They'll let you come on their face. That's what she heard from black eyes? Yeah. And I've heard that too. That Which is why it was interesting in your conversation. Because everything we're told is that white girls will let you stick it anywhere or do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she... I, I, I kind of don't think kinkiness is related. I think there's kinky in all colors and it just doesn't make any difference. Right, but... Though probably the more... Um, ostensibly uptight a woman is like if she's uptight in public at work then it, the wildness comes out <laughs> in the bedroom and white women probably are more uptight in public 
Maybe, because, you know, we were talking about that and you were like, oh, that sounds like white women. I'm like, black and brown women, our families are surprisingly conservative. And there's a lot of like conflict, especially religious. And Kato was saying the same thing. Like, we're like, oh, no, that's you're not supposed to be like fucking random dudes or doing anything. That's a white girl thing. And so when you said it was, I'm like, dude, that seems like a white girl thing. And not at all my experience of any of my friends or where I come from, because there's a level of like religiosity that comes with both Latino and black culture. And that 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 um, extends into the bedroom. Yeah. And actually, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole after I talked to you today. Because mm-hmm. I was like, Google, I'm like, let me find black women talking about sex and sexuality. So I found one podcast and then one YouTube video. And essentially, the conversations were the same. It's like, for this particular conversation, it was about black women specifically. So they weren't talking about Latinas. It was like, coming into being sexual and understanding sexuality because i think so many times at least from my experience growing up and with my friends sex was something that was done onto you like by a guy like you're there and your worth is like letting them fuck you but it didn't really have very much to do with what you were getting out of it Mm -hmm. and so in that way we absolutely absolutely weren't attuned to sex or in any way that was like because you're not you're not really supposed to be attuned to your own sexual no, desire no and where do you think this learning or teaching comes from i mean depends on how you which which way you're looking at this because one there's the religious one which is the the wife is for the husband right yeah. and to please the husband and to do what the husband wants yeah. the other is if you take it completely out of the religious context and like back school kids talking, it's like sex is for boys, boys like sex, and girls want boys to be in relationships with them and like them, so let them do whatever they that's want. That's just kind of like the narrative going around everywhere from an early age. I mean, that's every conversation I ever had or understood growing up was sex is really about guys and what they get out of it, and you're kind of just part of that process or the vehicle by which they like. Oh have yeah. pleasure so that's why i'm like well what's the perspective for that other people are getting in that are maybe not a part of those conversations because maybe while black and latina people look hypersexual it's almost always in kind of a subservient position to the men yeah or maybe just they're um presenting what they've learned that men like because yeah. they think they're supposed to do this thing that men like yeah. as opposed to that they're anchored in their own sexuality and doing what they want. Right. And these podcasts are in, in the YouTube I was listening to essentially say the same thing. It's like we're not taught that sex is for us at all. And so you're a good wife, you're a dutiful wife, you want your man to be happy, you have sex with him. But the conversation never rises like what do you get out of this and how do you... What does your husband owe you? Like, that's just not a conversation that happens. And so, in any context, because, you know, if I think about, again, going back to the growing up with what the kids were talking about, never did the guy say, oh, I really made love to her and she enjoyed it. It's like, I fucked her. And, like, and I came on her, like, whatever, tits or whatever, you know? And it's like just about what the guy was doing and the girl would be like yeah i let him come in my mouth or whatever she almost brags about pleasing the guy yeah yeah so it's almost never about what you're gonna get and then so then and i and i was talking to a friend about this we're like after sex we're like that was fucking trash that was trash dick he's horrible but it's there's never a kind of accounting for what 
what we're supposed to want or how we're supposed to communicate that yeah at all so the women after sex they'll get together with their girlfriends and talk shit about how bad the sex was with that guy yeah but when they're dating the guy and they like the guy they're not gonna communicate with him what they need or what their desires are or anything no i don't i I think that's changing but i think traditionally no it's not that's not the conversation because so much is tied to and it's our and to some extent it's our fault it's about the male ego and you want them to like you and you want them to be happy Mm -hmm. but in that you're like well i'm not telling you anything that's not working for me and then it's when the relationship's not good then we're like oh my god that was terrible and we just have to talk shit about you now but had we had that conversation or had we even known that we could ask for something or that the conversation could be different yeah. or that we've even explored our own sexuality, it wouldn't probably be that way. Yeah. Just, you know, and I don't know why, you know, and I don't, and I don't even, part of the conversation this morning that I was having with some other people was, well, is it cultural conditioning? Maybe. But is it also what we're choosing, what conversation we're choosing to have now? Because I don't think that we can claim ignorance anymore. Like, I'm 42. I can't say that. Well, my culture told me I'm not supposed to, like, like sex or ask for anything. Well... But the people you're talking to were kind of complaining about cultural conditioning. Yeah. And you're saying at some age you have to be able to transcend that. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're all... I mean, in the age of the internet and the age of all the sorts of conversations people are having... Right. You can access whatever cultural training, teaching you want. Right. And you can change that. And who honestly is sitting around being like, oh, I can't believe that Rihanna... Like, fuck that dude. And even if they did, who cares? I'll just get a new friend. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, but we we're looking for someplace to place always the blame that isn't really saying, well, what do I, what do I bring to this? What am I not doing? Right. And how do I own my own sexuality or my own experience? Because yeah. I can't really blame that on everybody. And actually, the conversation started about orgasms and whether or not it was men's responsibility to create an orgasm in women and so many the and people were arguing about that yeah because well there was some interesting there were some lesbians in the conversation <laughs> and they're like that's where we come in yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like oh that's they're like we never have to have this stupid conversation you guys are stuck with the loser males that don't know how to do it right, right. and i was like well i don't float that direction so that's not a good conversation for me but do you um but but again, that same conversation is, okay, only women know what women want, maybe, but you also didn't tell the guy, and you didn't have a conversation with him about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I think any individual, every individual is different, and I only know what I want, and if I don't share it with you, you'll never know. Or if I'm gay, if I don't share it with my male partner, he'll never know. Right. Because everyone's different. Right. But when it comes to like female orgasms in particular, I could tell you lots of things. I could say, hey, put your ass over here or lick me there. But the other part is if I'm not comfortable with myself or in that interaction, no matter what, it's not going to happen. It's just, it's going to be a miracle if you get there without that whole thing. So part without of Without you being, feeling comfortable. Right. Or me being, yeah, me being present or comfortable in my body and relaxed enough to do that. Like, and that I think... 90% of the time is why women don't have orgasms because they don't know themselves and they're not comfortable. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what you tell the guy at that point. Yeah. If you're not there, yeah. then you're just asking guys on a fool's errand to find the treasure that's never there. And, yeah. and now he's a horrible, terrible, trash yeah. partner because... Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's a communication thing. And communication takes two parties. 
And yeah, the guy should probably inquire or should just even have his antenna up about, hmm, what's going to be pleasurable for her. But if she doesn't communicate back, like... The other part I'm not entirely sure about, and I kind of posited this, but I didn't get any real feedback, is... Um, whether or not there's a difference of having sex with someone on a casual basis. Like, if I don't know you and I go pick you up at the club, what is the likelihood that I'm going to have an orgasm? Probably close to zero for a woman. For men, it's still good. <laughs> but for a woman, it's fucking highly unlikely. Because, again, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of it's about comfort and being relaxed and if i don't know you and it's a new situation the odds of me fucking having good sex with you are pretty much yeah. close to zero and my sense is you're right in terms of your generalization about women but maybe some women actually can come easily with one night stand casual sex and some women can't i don't know yeah but the number of women that can't orgasm at all would dictate that that's obviously not the case mm -hmm. so i mean i'm not saying that nobody can i'm pretty sure it's possible i think i've done it at least once but the but it being a consistent thing is not there yeah. you know it might it might happen once every now and then but so part of it is about have you can have all sorts of one night stands you want because then you start you have to change the expectation for sex because then orgasm is no longer the expectation and then what's the goal that if if, if a woman decides she wants to have a one night stand and she's probably not going to have that type of sexual pleasure what why is she doing it because it's fun i mean i almost never come with the guy even if i date the guy on the first time we have sex that's almost never but it's still fun yeah because you get to be close to someone you get to kind of play the game and feel all the like especially when it's like dirty or hot you know that's fun but you're not going to get to the orgasm part you're just going to have to enjoy the other parts of it yeah and and so there's, so again, you can't really blame the guy for that because it's not really his fault. So you have to change your expectation. And then if you do want to have orgasms, well, you probably have to talk to that guy tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're going to have to like spend a little more time with him and like figure it out because it almost never happens on the first time you're with someone. So yeah, it's, it, if this generalization is true, it's sort of like men almost try to just like, collapse relationships into just like an objectified sexual thing so they don't have to have intimacy and they can just have sex and orgasms and what you're saying is that options are unfortunately not available to women <laughs> not not really i mean again if you want to just take the orgasm part out of it then yes but if you want that as a key part of your sexual experience then i don't think that that works out very well Again, unless you get to the point, and I don't know that most women can, where they're so comfortable with themselves and what they want and being in control of that situation, that then I think it is possible, but because most women aren't there, um, and definitely most young women aren't there, so if you're in your 20s, sorry, you just don't know that much, um, then you can do it. But again, you have to, it's more about what you know about yourself, and do you most of the time it's going to involve you probably touching yourself because it ain't going to be just from the guy on his own. So you got to be comfortable with that. Because if you're just going to go in and have sex and be like, I'm not going to have any, you know, clitoral, clitoral like stimulation either by myself or get him to do it, you ain't coming. That shit ain't happening. I don't think, um, I mean, uh, shockingly, it does seem like there's a lot of people or a lot of men that still don't get that clitoral stimulation is 
key. Um, but I, I feel like there's a very it's a small percentage of women who are comfortable doing their own clitoral stimulation while fooling around with a guy. Right, because most women aren't comfortable touching themselves and don't know anything about their own body. You know, and maybe that would be something that maybe you could go back and talk about your conditioning and needing to recondition yourself to be okay with doing that and getting out of whatever that mindset is that limits you. But, um, But yeah, most women don't. Like, I know so many women who if you ask them, well, do you masturbate? They'd be like, mm, no, why would I do that? Oh, like, really? I mean, yeah, you'd be surprised. Huh. And, you know, or would you do it in front of someone else? Then absolutely, maybe not. You know, because that's even more like, oh, he thinks I'm dirty, I'm doing a thing. Like, I think there's a lot of that. And again, I don't really blame, you know, there's a lot of women who say, well, blame the patriarch or blame men. I think I think women who are in that religious kind of thought process are just as guilty of creating that narrative of sex is bad, sex is dirty, don't touch yourself, don't do those things, don't look at porn. You it know. does seem like that a lot of women fear judgment from, like, women. That, like, oh, yeah. judgment from women is a big part of what's keeping a lot of women sort of, like... Um, cramped and scared and not able just to direct drop into what they want. Yeah, I think that's true. But also, interestingly, having had a conversation with a friend before I came here, there is a there's a way that men talk that lead that lends itself to that also. And that in the way that I was telling you that, you know, a guy will say, oh, yeah, that girl let me come on her face and did all this stuff. He's a, in a way, he's kind of being like, she's an object and I got to do whatever I wanted with her and she's kind of a dirty bitch. You know, that I think women do read like, oh, mm-hmm. ugh, do I want you to think I'm that way and not want to like, yeah. mm, I don't know how I feel about that, you know? Yeah. And I don't know that men mean it when they're doing, when they say it, but yeah. it's definitely received that way. Yeah. And so especially if the woman wants to date that guy, yeah. it's like, well, now you just kind of set this kind of expectation that that's a dirty bitch shit and you don't really want to be in a relationship with a dirty bitch yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that that makes me think of this i guess what i see as like evolution i saw this movie once and it was about i think the guys were turkish granted it was just a movie but it seemed like it was you know these were actually real turkish actors and the director was turkish and so maybe hopefully it was based on some reality and there was there was like a two Turkish American guys who had like grown up in America and then they maybe were back home in Turkey talking with two Turkish guys who had were born and raised in Turkey and they were talking about sex and relationships and whatever and the Turkish Turkish guys were like talking about going to the brothel and what they do with the prostitutes and you know all this dirty nasty stuff coming on our tits or whatever with the prostitutes <laughs> and then the Turkish American one of the Turkish American guys And, you know, in the American thing, it's kind of like if you're married, you're not supposed to go to the brothel. Whereas in Turkey, it seemed perfectly fine. And so the American guys were kind of confused. And they're like, why don't you just do that stuff with your wife? Mm -hmm. And the Turkish guys were horrified. And they're like, you cannot do that stuff with your wife. (laughs) And it's just this really interesting moment of cultural uh, incongruity that the Americans were like, you can be dirty and nasty with your wife, but you can't cheat on him and go to the brothel. And the Turkish guys were like, 
your wives are sacred, so you can't come on their tits and ram them really hard, but it's okay to go to the brothel. Yeah. And it's sort of, it, when you were saying that, it, made, it reminded me of this, because in my mind, I can go into a state of mind that feels like I've regressed kind of into a primitive animal thing, and with the woman I love, I can be like, oh, I'm, she's a nasty, dirty hoe, and I'm going to come on her tits, and I'm going to spank her, I'm going to call her a nasty bitch, and that can get me excited, but that doesn't mean that I actually disrespect her. I still can be totally in love with her and think she's a divine, sacred queen, and do that thing, And but that's in my mind, but I, maybe that's not a large percentage of guys do that. Maybe some guys do this thing that it was represented by the Turkish guys in this movies of dividing those two things. I yeah, I think that I think just like women are not sure of, of their place in that relative to relationships or or monogamy, I think men are also caught in that. Especially because my experience is mostly with men of color, either Latino or black, and I think there's definitely that kind of same thing. It's like, "Oh, I'm supposed to I want to fuck my wife." But I, I kind of got to, like, be nice to her and have, like, a special, like, she's a special flower on this pedestal. And I have to, like, love her and take care of her and keep her in a, like, box and not do that dirty thing. Yeah. And I think that's starting to change. But I think for everybody, there's this kind of, like, need to change culturally how we see that. Because, I mean, for Latinos in particular, as far as my, my experience and understanding is, is, like, you just cheat on your wife then, <laughs> you know, and you know, everyone knows it's a thing and that's cool. You know, it's not cool, but you know what I mean? Like that's the way that you do all the things you're not supposed to do. And then your nice husband and a dutiful father to your children. And I, and my suspicion is that's true in a lot of other cultures. Um, and, and, and probably just maybe a huge percentage of all people in the world across cultures. Right. And it doesn't serve anybody really well because... Well, I mean, for me, I'm an American, but what incentive is there for me to be married then? That sounds terrible. And my perspective, and this comes from this, like, Freudian thing. We were talking about how someone was saying bad things about Freud. But this Freudian idea is that humans have this primitive, nasty, dirty, dark, impulsive, animalistic part of us. And that we repress it. And that that's unhealthy. And a healthy thing to do is to create a safe space where where there's going to be no danger of opening up that and like descending down and letting those energies come up and animate us and play in them and go wild in them. And then in my world, now this is not so much Freudian, and this I think comes from the kink community or the sex positive community, like a safe space with a partner is the perfect place to do that. And you and me are going to be like, hey, you want to get nasty and kinky? And we can play all kinds of crazy things and we can say whatever we want. And if I say, you're a fucking horrible bitch, suck my dick, you cunt, I don't really mean it, but it's going to be fun, so let's do it. It's like that that's safe space sort of is akin to like the therapy. Sp- so in the Freudian thing, it's like the therapy place was the safe container where the patient could quote regress Mm -hmm. and in this kink world the sexual relationship and the kind of sexual agreement is the safe space where we can get super nasty and kinky Mm -hmm. Um, and and the, the idea is that that's healthy or that's even therapeutic or that's growth promoting to do that yeah and you know it's weird my brain the whole time is going that sounds like just men shit you know what I mean? It's not that it's necessarily true. But can you imagine yourself doing that? 
But why does it sound like just men shit? Because everything I've ever learned about that is that men are the weird kinky ones that do want to do weird fucked up shit. And women were just like, all right, like. And my reaction to that is that goes back to what we started talking about, which yeah. is that that's this cultural conditioning. That's some story yeah. that was told to the little girls who are little flowers. They're little pure flowers, and men are dirty, nasty. So you have to let them do their dirty, nasty things to you, but you're a pure flower, so after they do it, go take a shower and be pure again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but me, as a therapist, I know all too well that women have this same deep, dark, primitive, Freudian, id, kinky thing. And I think that women have the same need that I was just talking about. No, I think that's true. I don't know, because part of me is like, my brain is so skewed that I don't know where normal stuff and kinky kind of starts. Like, you know, when you're, when I was growing up, you know, doing anything that involved bondage or being, that was like, that was way over there. And now it doesn't seem like it's that far over there. So I feel like I'm normal and every, and there's like a more extreme version that, that maybe I haven't engaged in yet. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't know where that line of like kink starts and regular sex like ends. Unless you're just saying Puritan, like missionary sex is like, and anything outside of that is kinky because then, well, I'm all over the place, but so I don't know, like, where does that line, where is that line? Does anyone know where that line is? Well, I, I think it's just a slow, gradual gray area towards breaking the rules of what's civilized or proper or... Yeah, but again, I think I'm kind of screwy because I actually don't really know where that line is. I mean, because I started watching porn with so young and not in like in a like weird other people are going to like see this and think... I was like six looking at porn. That's not what I meant. Although I did try to like steal dirty magazines to look at naked people. But I, think I did that. I, w- I was looking at dirty <laughs> magazines when I was really young. <laughs> I mean, we Me and my friends, friends, I was part of a gang of boys when I was little, really young. And we were bad. We would do all kinds of bad stuff. And we'd be running around at night in the alleys and doing bad stuff. And weirdly, it was like God really like was smiling upon us one day. <laughs> In the in the alley, behind, in between two garages, we found a big cardboard box full of dirty magazines. And they weren't just like Playboy dirty. They were like the weird, dark, kinky ones. Like even Hustler was, there, there were Hustlers in there, but there was these ones that were even more crazy. And I'm like nine years old, and boy, we spent hours going through every single page of these hundred magazines. And it was a, I, thinking back, I would not want my son to have seen that stuff when he was nine years old because we saw some crazy shit (laughs) that's funny we didn't see anything i saw like a few snippets of like maybe a playboy or whatever or like trying to see through the fuzzy screen on like whatever channel that is on cable and you're like oh i think i see naked people but that was pretty much all i saw but because of the group of friends i had in high school and when they see this they'll laugh because they know that we all did this like we would get playgirls and then go up to one of our rooms and then we'd read the dirty stories and like kind of giggle about it. And huh, we it. never read any stories. We just looked at pictures. We did. We're girls. We were thinking of like the whole story about the, like just the lead up to it and you know looking at like the relational romance intrigue. It was a dirty magazine, so it really there was no intrigue or romance. But that's what you it were was... looking for is more of like a. a 
Twilight or Fifty Shades no. of Grey kind of alluring story leading up to the I was sex. just trying to figure out, yeah, well, not the twilight part. I wasn't thinking of it in a romantic sense. I was like, how do you get to the sex part? Like, what's the lead up? How does this... Because there is something fun about the the lead up to it and just kind of the mystery and the what's going to happen. And so it's not that you think you're going to like ride off into a sunset, but it's just kind of the building of sexual tension to then you know the act of it and so that's really what we were looking for and we were like highly engaged in this and then when we got old enough we'd pool our money together for all of us who didn't you know make a bunch of money at 18 years old we were like juniors in high school and pick a person to go down to the you know to get more of the magazines or to go to sex world and get as many vhs porn tapes and then we would share the porn tapes with each other and then we're like did you like that one what did you think like you know, and so we were, in a way, I think, very different than most teenagers. But we grew up in Minneapolis, in the city, in Minneapolis, so it was like, well, they're letting us in, so we might as well find out about what is this sex world that we Sorry. need to go to, or, Sorry. you know, the whatever porn magazine. Anything that had a cover on it, or like, that was walled off in the video store, I was like... I need to get on that side of that wall. <laughs> I remember, you remember video stores? Yeah. And they're way in the back. And yeah. like, I was like, who's going to get in there? We need to go find out what this is. So, I mean, I think I was always a little bit more into what kinds of sex could be had and, you know, when And so and then back to this comment, I was I made this comment about humans need to like open up to their dark thing. And you said, that's a guy thing. Well, I think I think from in my brain though, there's a weird place of dark kink that I always assumed was just for like Guys. weird, strange men. Not even I don't even think I thought it was regular oh, men. It was for twisted men. Yeah, like maybe what you would consider now like incels or weirdos, uh. you know. And that's who does that thing. And to some extent, that was maybe not purposefully created in some of the. Um, the venues around town that hosted stuff like that because if you went it very much kind of fed into my kind of perception that oh yeah that's absolutely true that's like it's the, the those guys yeah. <laughs> I didn't I don't know if I would now think that I saw a man that I would be dating if I would walk in there and see them I'd be like well that's different I didn't see that coming you know because so many of the people that were in there were just out of my realm of what I considered to be like a man I would date and not because of the situation they were in but just because of just their general physical well you know being they were often very you know frail men small um, oh, and so you associate that kind of with this dark, kinky thing. Yeah. Like, not healthy. Yeah, I don't... So that's where my brain gets stuck, because I don't... Like, I don't, lonely, starved, desperate, like a stray dog. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because the clubs that I've been to where that's a thing, that's kind of what you see. And they're like, will you put me on a leash? And you're like, okay, weirdo. Like, I, and I'm not calling them weirdos. I know that that's not fair. But that's how my brain was like, mm, these guys are not like regular men that you would see at the office the next day these are like you know again it they tended to lean and maybe it's just a function of where i was that they tended to lean kind of in the you know anti-social kind of category where they didn't have normal conversations and i think that's the impression and i'm here to say that's not accurate it kind of reminds me of this this white girls or kinky thing is like it's everyone 
as a and the person to really ask would be a dominatrix but a therapist is probably second best like everybody's got dark kinky or not i don't even want to use the word dark but just like hidden unique sexual curious stuff that you would never imagine and like the person you see and what their sexual thing is and that person and it's just like you just would never know well i'm i'm not at all saying that i don't think that's true because i do think a lot we have a lot of perceptions about who we think does what you know what whether or not we think you know white girls are chase like the most chase of all the ladies that you could find or whether or not you know black women are like these just like exotic sex things that just are like that's all they're thinking i think those are both like extreme stereotypes that are not you know don't you know i'm not saying that there aren't people in those groups who exist in that way but i don't think that that's a general rule for either group you know and i think from i think things are changing a little bit and it's hard for me to say because i think my group of friends is very diverse and all very comfortable with their sexuality and and sex generally so i actually don't know very many women who aren't that way but i also know that that might be somewhat limited you're right it's not representative of most women because i mean i like my friends i'm friends with them for a reason i don't think i don't think i would do well with like super repressed friends that didn't weren't honest but i know they exist so